get into a conducive posture, a posture that is conducive to meditation, where you don't need to consciously invest in holding it. So make sure your legs are in such a way that they are comfortable, that there is stability. So you don't need to consciously hold them in place. Do the same with the hands. Place them in such a way that you don't have to consciously hold them in place and that they are comfortable where you leave them. Make sure the elbows are not too far, not too close to the body. Let the shoulders go so they can be relaxed and even. Find the natural straightness for the back. Center your head and neck so you don't have to consciously hold them from falling forward or back. <coughs> Mouth, teeth, tongue resting in their natural places so the jaws are not too loose, the teeth are not clenched, the tip of the tongue touching slightly the back part of the upper teeth. Your eyes can be closed if, if that is conducive for you, or opened, or half opened. Choose whichever you find most conducive for you. Then bring your attention to the breath. <coughs> without any concern for trying to force the mind to focus on the breath. Don't be concerned about whether or not there are distractions. Don't try to chase them, don't try to hold them. Don't try to control the breath. Simply observe the breath. As you breathe in, know that you're breathing in. As you breathe out, know that you're breathing out. So if there should be any concern, any sense of concern in the mind, it should be at any moment to ask yourself, am I aware of the breath? Am I remembering the out-breath when there is now the in-breath? Or, while the out-breath is going, I know that I'm breathing out. In this way, stay aware of the breath. And let your mindfulness be open to whatever occurs. Just be aware of it without holding on to it. 
especially be aware of the sense of ease that you may be experiencing in your body and let the awareness of that sense of ease be like your vessel, your boat taking you into deep levels of meditation don't try to make it happen just simply observe it in this way staying aware of the breath have your mind check the posture to make sure that it's comfortable if you need to make any adjustments so you can be more comfortable and more stable staying aware of the breath make the adjustments while breathing out knowing you're breathing out be aware of the legs be aware of any need for adjustment while breathing in breathing out make the adjustments let their back, background awareness of the sense of ease remain there. Is the sense of ease becoming more profound? Is it stable? Is it staying as it was? Just be aware. that you can remain in this posture for the duration of your meditation. Go back now to just awareness of the breath. Again, don't be concerned about how focused the mind is on the breath. Don't be concerned about whether or not the breath should be longer or shorter. Don't even be concerned about what you're feeling, hearing, that is not in relation to the breath. Don't be concerned about whether or not there are distractions. Be concerned only with the thought or with the awareness of the breath. While breathing in, know you're breathing in. While breathing out, know you're breathing out and the background mindfulness on the sense of ease. Watch the continuity of awareness from breathing out to breathing in to breathing out again. Let the continuity remain unbroken following 21 cycles of such breath. If the continuity is broken, simply go back to starting from one.
sense of ease is now deeper, how it is reflected in the breath, how it is reflected in the quality of awareness itself, and be determined to continue to be aware of the sense of ease, knowing that the, the awareness is like your vessel, your boat, taking you to deeper levels of meditation. to mind now the reason why you want to meditate, what meditation you are going to do, and what is the ultimate purpose. And let this be a very strong determination. in the space in front of you, at the level of your eyebrows, at about an arm's length or a prostration's distance from you, and start to feel, start to sense the presence of your guide, that means which who will help you achieve your goal, the very embodiment of all that you aspire to achieve. Search within yourself for that measure of conviction that you are indeed in such a presence. No matter what the measure may be, hold on to it as though nothing else exists but that measure of confidence. That measure of conviction. sense of that measure of conviction, that the means to help you achieve your ultimate goal is right before you, in the space in front of you, at the level of your eyebrows. Feel the right presence of such a being. specifically to inspire you. And holding on to that sense of conviction, that measure of conviction, no matter how slight it may be, how tiny of a space it may occupy in your mind, hold on to it. And holding on to it, Entrust yourself, take refuge, seek guidance and the protection that is being offered to you.
still holding on to that measure of conviction. Now show your reverence in your mind prostrate. Finally, the means to achieve all that you've ever aspired to achieve is right before you. Now feeling grateful, gratitude, make offerings. Think of the things that you own that makes you happy and offer them. Think of things that no one owns that makes you happy. Offer those also. Think of things that exist only in your imagination. Offer those objects and also the happiness. For the means to achieve your goal is finally before you.
think of the goals that you're seeking. Think of the efforts that you've invested so far, despite the obstacles. And rejoice. Let your mind take great joy in these efforts. Let this rejoicing expand, rejoicing for all, all who are making efforts despite circumstances. And rejoice also for those who have achieved what you are seeking to achieve. suffering that they are enduring, the happiness that is eluding them, and let compassion and love swell in your heart. Knowing that no one wants to suffer, turn your mind again to the teacher in that bright form holding sentient beings in such embrace, focusing on the teacher, then you start to realize that you are connected to all enlightened beings through the teacher. With this realization, ask the enlightened beings to please teach beings how to put an end to their sufferings. Teach beings how to find true happiness. And to remain in the presence of beings until no one suffers.
right form. Contemplating that you are in the presence of the very embodiment of all, of everything that you are aspiring to achieve. And wishing to be closer to those ideals, ask the teacher now to come to the crown of your head. And feel that right presence now at the crown of your head. Strongly wish to be freed of all obstacles and strong wishes to realize the goals you seek and feel the shower of blessing coming from the teacher's heart washing away your obstacles filling you with the realizations you seek also aspires to be inseparable with you. Through this realization, the form of the teacher dissolves into a point of light. See and feel this point of light descend through the crown of your head. See and feel it merging with your mind at your heart center. Find that degree of conviction that you have become inseparable with the teacher and hold on to it or how, whatever length of time you can.
Therefore that sense of conviction completely fades. Bring your attention back to the breath. Staying aware of the breath, gently become aware of the body once more. finished with that yet, so we're going to continue with that. And there's little, uh, every once in a while I'll try to uh, uh, remove little uh, uh, misconceptions and also uh, what I call, uh, what do I call that, uh, superstitions. I try, my, try to remove them. And of course, what I, might, what I may be saying myself may be superstition that I develop. <laughs> So if I discover that later on, I'll try to correct myself. And if you know that it's superstition, and well, you're already safe. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so back to wisdom. Uh, now I'm going to introduce to you a, a, a mode. The Buddha's one of the Buddha's uh, actual first method of, of, of meditating on emptiness. And it is found within the Hinayana, the Hinayana tradition. Well, uh, let's right now call it the Theravadan tradition. Okay. Now, remember, uh, philosophically speaking, uh, what distinguishes the Mahayana from the Hinayana, and for those of you, if for the first time, if you're hearing the term Mahayana, Hinayana, don't get, uh, don't get scared. Uh, even people who've been hearing it for a long time don't even know what it means sometimes. <laughs> okay. So what distinguishes the Mahayana from the Hinana uh, is the, Mahaya, the Mahayana's emphasis on the quality of emptiness for phenomena. It is not that the Mahayana's invented the term. It's not, that the, it's, not, it's not really that the Buddha 
only taught emptiness to those who are Mahayanas. The Buddha taught emptiness to all disciples of all, of, of all various uh, uh, inclinations. Okay? And because of the importance of, of, uh, of the quality of understanding the quality of emptiness, and because of, of, its, uh, uh, of the importance of it in, in reaching nirvana, in reaching freedom from suffering, and since the Mahayana tradition is uh, especially concerned with the suffering of others, and especially concerned with everyone achieve, uh, achieving nirvana, so the Mahayanas make a special uh, emphasis on the quality of emptiness. So this is to, to get rid of any idea that you may have had or you may be contemplating of having that uh, only, only within the Mahayana tradition is the concept of emptiness taught. Okay. Uh, even uh, just within the Mahayana you understand that uh, uh, especially the so-called highest Mahayana presentation that emptiness is essential for anyone to achieve Nirvana. Whether, whether you're seeking nirvana just for yourself or whether you're seeking uh, the Buddhahood. Any, any one of those uh, beings is absolutely essential, absolutely necessary for them to come to perfect understanding and perfect realization of emptiness. Okay. So it's important for both Hinayanas and Mahayanas. Alright, so holding that in the back of your mind. So in what... what, what are the forms of meditation that the Buddha may have taught within the uh, Hinayana school. Now it doesn't mean, uh, for those of you who have already been brainwashed about uh, higher school and lower school, it doesn't mean a, a lower presentation of emptiness. Okay? It's just a sense, a meditation for you to have a taste of what emptiness is. Okay? Uh, not the ultimate emptiness which is the emptiness of lack of inherent existence. But just to get your, your mind uh, to have a, a sense of what, it, of what lackness is, is, is all about. Okay. And once you're able to get that sense of lackness, then you can apply it to lacking inherent existence, and which is the big emptiness that everyone is, supposed to, is, is trying to understand. Okay. Uh, and also... Uh, That's for later. <laughs> I write it in my book when I write. When I <laughs> okay. Uh, understand that uh, although there is a big uh, uh, philosophical emphasis on the term emptiness, that it seems to it, it, it has taken on an, uh, a culture of of uh, intellectualism. It seems to be that people want to understand emptiness just for the intellectual satisfaction of it. And you may have found yourself in that category because you sort of, you sort of lost the, the reason why you were seeking or the reason why you, you came to want to seek this thing called emptiness. And it, it's, it, it's, it's a natural uh, phenomena because when you, when you thought the first time emptiness was explained, maybe it was very confusing. But something within you kept you at, kept you at it. You wanted to know 
what does this mean? What does this mean? Instead of completely dismissing it. Okay? And, and that is because uh, it is said you have uh, very wonderful seeds in your mind, very wonderful seeds in your continuum that made you not uh, uh, di- uh, disregard it. For some reason, something within you that you could probably don't quite understand kept you at trying to understand this thing. Even though it may sound completely ridiculous to you. But for some reason you want to understand it. And, and there's a point where you feel that you're starting to, tr- you're starting to understand what is this thing about. What is, what is this emptiness about. And then you, you, you develop a sense of confidence. Ah, this very complicated thing is now, it seems to, uh, it lose, it's losing uh, some of the coloring of complication. It seems to be under something that I can understand now. And, and with this sense of confidence, uh, you may develop, it may, it might uh, develop into a sense of arrogance. Uh, those people don't understand, it's complicated. Now I understand. Okay. And then you go around thinking that you understand it. And, and you do one, you do meditation, you do meditation on, on, on emptiness thinking that you got it. But after some time, the transformation that you're supposed to, um, you're supposed to experience you don't, have, you don't even have a taste of that experience, of that transformation. And you start to doubt your understanding of it. Now, you're really trying, you're really getting close to understanding things. <laughs> okay. You go from, I have no idea what this is about, this might be even ridiculous, and you continue, continue, and you start to have a sense of, oh, I think I understand it now. And you, and you read all, and you create an understanding of it, maybe, and then you start reading, and as you're reading, I say, oh, that's what they're talking about. What you're really saying that what they're talking about is just you're applying your created understanding. So they may be saying something completely different. They might be saying something completely false. And because perhaps they have the reputation of being correct, you apply your understanding to what they're saying. Okay. Or oh, this is what Nagarjuna is saying. Nagarjuna is saying, you know, this and that. And it could be just your own creation. Nagarjuna never even had that thought in his mind, maybe. Okay. And then you start to read Chandrakirti and all those people, and then Mipam and all those people, and you say, oh, that's what they say. That's what they say. I understand. I understand. I understand. And then, just when you thought you really fully understood, understood you thought you really got it, and you think, okay, it's time for me to get into meditation so I can have a, because I think I'm going to have a direct perception. I'm going to become an Arya maybe in the next few months or so. <laughs> so then you start, you start to really invest time now in just meditating. And what you're doing, you're just repeating your own creation. You're just making things up. Okay? You're just repeating it, or Nagarjuna said this, and really what you're saying is, what you're repeating is, this is what I think Nagarjuna said. This is what I think the Bhakti said. Okay? And when your own experience, your own uh, reality starts start to tell you, you're getting nowhere. There's no transformation uh, happening here. Yeah, you're not as arrogant uh, before, you're not as uh, stubborn maybe, you're not as uh, impatient as you were before. Because you just don't have the time for that anymore. You're spending time now trying to <laughs> trying to understand this thing. You're trying to think that you you fully understand it. So when that sense of arrogance hits you, and then you you realize that 
the state of mis the state of uh, lack of understanding that you had before. You are even lower than that. After all these years, maybe months of of reading and then thinking about it, and you thought you got it, now you realize that your understanding is even worse than when you started. And when when that is a true realization for you, not making it up because you know uh, you, you're trying to have a, a sense of uh, a false sense of your uh, of inner humility, you know. I fully, I really understand it, but I'll pretend not to understand it, you know, just to, just to add to the fact that I'm also humble. <laughs> okay. So, so it's not really a sense of, of uh, that kind of false sense of uh, uh, humility, but you actually see, you actually ex- find yourself kind of lost, and you really want to uh, uh, almost. Uh, should I say that word? not say good things (laughs) concerning all those commentaries that you've read because it seems that now instead of when you're thinking about them instead of bringing clarity now you you feel that you feel that they brought you confusion and you feel that now you have no idea what emptiness is about now you're completely lost you thought you were a Prasangika Majamika philosopher and you're finding out that you're not even you can you cannot even call yourself a Buddhist, okay? As as for as far as uh, philosophically speaking, okay. And when you realize that, and you accept it, you have made tremendous progress. Now, you're ready to understand emptiness. Intellectually, the mere intellectual understanding of emptiness has tremendous power. Not it can make you, you, know, you can write a lot of books and you can make a lot of money, not in that sense. Also, you can also, make, you can also do that if you want. <laughs> but in a sense of the very reason that made you seek emptiness, the wanting to do away with suffering, the wanting to get to, to, to nirvana, you st- just the mere intellectual understanding of, of, of emptiness, that's how powerful of a, of a philosophy, idea, concept that, that doesn't describe it but you know what I'm talking about that's how powerful of an entity of an object it is just the mere intellectual understanding of it at least if not wipes, uh, wipes away uh, uh, not wipe away at least suppresses to a non-functioning uh, uh, level to a non-functioning degree those, the gross aspects that brings about suffering Okay. You, you just don't want, you just don't have the time to invest in lack of patience. You just don't have the energy, you don't have the interest to invest in anger, in attachment. And that's just, um, just that's the gross level. We're not talking about you know, very deep attachment, we're talking about those, those things. Actually, uh, uh, a deep-seated attachment you don't really get rid of it until you're just about to get to Nirvana. Okay. So don't worry about your, the, the degrees of attachment or degrees of anger that you have. You know, they will gradually be taken care of already. Okay. You don't have to make a, a, a conscious attack of, the, of, the, of those, of those uh, kleshas. 
just focusing on emptiness, sincerely seeking to un- try, seeking, trying to understand it, will we'll start doing the job, just naturally. Okay. And what is sincerely looking for emptiness? First of all, know that whatever degree of understanding you may have, it may, be, it may not be correct. Okay. Just have that openness. And even to the degree of opening of openness where you say, maybe Nagarjuna didn't get it. Not saying Nagarjuna didn't get it, <laughs> but having that openness, maybe Nagarjuna didn't get it. After all, Nagarjuna was, uh, Master Nagarjuna was writing for those who we believe misunderstood it. Okay? So those who thought misunderstood it, maybe they understood it. Maybe he the one didn't understand it. So you, you must be completely open. This is finding truth. It's not about creating a, 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 a truth. Whatever the truth may be, that's what's gonna, it's, it's going to reveal itself naturally. If you, if you look for it sincerely. And whatever, uh, and you have to learn to be able to let go of what you think you think is reality. And before you're able to let go of that, you have to find out what you think you think is reality. And that itself could be uh, uh, an endeavor in itself. Okay. So remember, from from last from last class, from last talks. The meditation on emptiness itself is not taking emptiness into a meditation, into a contemplation. The actual uh, uh, process, the actual activity that you're doing is, contem- is looking for what you think exists. Sincerely looking for what you think exists. And before you sincerely look for what you think exists, you must know what you think exists. And having a, a very strong sense of it. And then you sincerely look for it. Okay. And what you end up with, when you sincerely search for it, that's what emptiness is supposed to be. That's, the, that's it's the, it's that conclusion. Okay. So you don't begin your meditation on emptiness by taking emptiness and trying to force it into your mind. That doesn't work. Right? All right. Now, here's the meditation <laughs> that the Buddha uh, talked about in the earlier sutras. Okay? It's, a, it's a way for you to get a sense, uh, a way for you to get at least a conceptual sense of what emptiness is supposed to be. Okay? And it's very easy. And uh, you may like it. You may not like it. <laughs> But it, it, it's, it's a, there isn't much of an analysis happening. It has to do with pure perception and looking at it. Okay? And, and the only difficulty in, in this is holding, holding onto the perception. Okay? So it begins... Uh, so what is emptiness? What does that word emptiness mean? Without the philosophical you know, uh, uh, c- uh, confusion. What does it mean? absence of something, right? So when you look at a glass, you say it's empty, you're looking at, you say it's empty because you're looking at the absence of something, right? Now, there can be many absences, okay? So, 
the, the, so the meditation is to train your mind with very gross absence and learning to focus on mere absence. Okay? Because eventually the big emptiness, the, the emptiness that you're going, you, want, you want to get a direct perception of is a, a specific absence. And it's a very subtle absence. And what makes it subtle absent, what, make, what makes it a subtle absence is that what you are saying is absent is very difficult to see. Even though um, it is said our mind is completely mixed with you know, that, that very nice term, inherent existence. Every, every perception, every thought we have is completely mixed with inherent existence or grasping to inherent existence. Even though, even though that may be the reality, we have no idea what inherent existence means. So first we have to extract inherent existence and then look for it. Sincerely look for it. And when you arrive at, when, you, when, you, when, you've, done, when you've done a thorough search, every possible place where inherent existence should be, and when you directly now are perceiving, I can't find inherent existence, that absence is a very, is the very powerful absence that will eliminate your suffering. Okay. So before you can get to that, let's just get mm -hmm. our, ourselves accustomed to focusing on gross absences. Now, the, the way that uh, the, the Buddha began was look at your, so you look at your present surrounding. Look at, look at, try to take note of everything that you see around you. Okay. What is present? Be aware of what is present. Okay. And after being aware of what is present, then something that is definitely not present, you focus on that. So you're focusing on the absence of that thing which is not present. And try to have your mind have an appreciation of being able to hold or being able to perceive that absence or being able to uh, yeah, perceive that absence. And that will get you a, a conceptual feel for what, when you arrive at, at emptiness of inherent existence, what it's supposed to be like. It's supposed to be something similar to this. Okay. So if you are doing a meditation on, on wisdom, meditation on emptiness, and there's all these uh, uh, happenings, all these things going on with the meditation, you're not doing meditation on emptiness. I mean, as far as the object that you're focusing on. I mean, I, mean, I think I confused myself with that. <laughs> when you're doing meditation on emptiness, and there's a lot of, oh, em emptiness is this wonderful thing, emptiness is this, is, uh, is this peace, emptiness is, is, is this uh, bliss, emptiness is this... Uh, uh, if you're thinking, if you keep up, uh, ascribing all these positive, all these uh, present, present, presentful, did I just make that word up? <laughs> when you keep applying this presentful uh, phenomena to what emptiness is, you, you've lost it. Emptiness is fully focusing on absence. Okay. 
if you're holding on anything that is not a mere absence, you have lost emptiness. And the reason for it is psychological. For as long as you've existed, you've held on to something to exist. So there's no need for me to try to convince you about it. No need, no need for anyone to convince you about it. It's instinctual. And now, for you to be free of it, you must directly see its lack of existence. If you're convinced there's a ghost, well, not a ghost. What else? Most of you probably don't believe in that anyway. <laughs> If you are convinced that there's a hmm, I'm trying to think of something, a snake. Okay, if you're convinced there's a snake in in the in the closet somewhere, nothing will remove whatever this conviction is creating in your mind until you directly perceive that the, there's no snake in in the closet. Okay, so. All the suffering that we are experiencing is due to a conviction. And until we directly see that this con- the object of this conviction doesn't exist, we will not be free of all the ramifications that come from that conviction. Okay? So, you're not, if, if you're convinced there's a snake in the closet, and all your shoes are, are in there, and you're terrified of snake, you're going to go outside in the snow, in the, in the rain, without shoes. Okay? You're going to catch a cold. <laughs> it is believed that if you walk on, 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 on barefoot on, well, I don't know if you believe in that, but in, in my own little, <laughs> if you walk barefoot on cold, you get a cold. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so you might catch a cold, you might get sick. So all those things that come from, the, all those things will be attributed or, or could be due to that conviction that you have there's a snake in the closet. And the only way for all those ramifications not to take place is for you to do, go open the closet and see whether or not there's a snake. And the reason I say whether or not there's a snake, don't begin, don't do your meditation on emptiness thinking everything lacking in existence. Let me find out. That's not meditating on emptiness. You must begin with Everything like inerrant existence, let me find inerrant, let me find inerrant existence. And it, it is the shock of not finding inerrant existence that will free you. Okay? So if you begin with everything like inerrant existence, let me find that, let me find that out. The concept lack inerrant existence is already a lack of inerrant, is already a, a inerrant existence that you're holding onto your mind. So you're taking your inherent existence with you and, you and you want to take it to freedom with you. You can't. Okay? It's like you're holding on to a hot coal and you want to experience the lack of that heat. How do you explain the lack of that burning? You let go of the coal. Okay? So if you want to have the experience you're supposed to have with wisdom meditation, don't begin because you know you've read, you've, you've studied, you went to classes, you know. Uh, what is emptiness? Oh, it's lack of inherent existence. You say, oh, or, and you begin your meditation. Okay, I'm going to prove to myself that things lack inherent existence. You. No. You must begin with 
uh, I, I find within me the, the, the grasping to self-existence. I'm going to look for that self-existence that I'm grasping onto and be completely open about it. It might be. It may not be. Okay. All right. So, sorry, sorry. I'm uh, then explain the meditation. <laughs> so we started. So be aware of what's present around you. Okay. And after you're very aware of what is present around you, then you focus on what is not present. So you could say, like for example, in here, you're or inside a room. So what is present? There are people here. There are walls. <coughs> there are all these things. And then you stop paying attention to them. Now you start paying attention to what's not here. What's not here? There's, is there traffic here? So you focus on the traffic that is not here. That's your training on being able to focus on gross absences. And just the mind settling on something, and if you start, if that buzz, that well, uh, that sense of ease you, you are uh, asked you to, to be aware of, if it starts to be to get heightened, then your meditation is good. Okay, then that gross absence, you no know, absence of traffic, then you start to make that more subtle, more and more subtle, until you get to inherent existence. Right? Is that that's a bit, I guess that's why it took so long to explain because it's so short to explain. <laughs> you have to fill up the time, which I, th- I think I did quite well. <laughs> so that's the meditation. Focus on what's here. Be a, be aware, and then completely ign- uh, 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 ignore everything that's here and focus on what's not here. Focus on the on on the fact that. It's not present. It is absent of those things. So you will notice that uh, the absence has a quality to it. It's not just empty space you're focusing on. You're focusing on a particular kind of absence, the absence of traffic. Okay? So when you're able to qualify the absence, then you can graduate later on to the absence being absence of inherent existence and knowing that it's not just mere empty space but it has a feel of empty space okay all right we have a negative uh, 20 minutes (laughs) or so So, uh, find your posture again. Quickly check the legs and hands, elbows and shoulders, your back, head and neck, mouth, teeth, tongue, eyes. And here's a trick. Just remember the state 
you were in before we took the break and focus on it and you will find yourself bringing that state more quickly. Find that sense of ease. Bring your mind to your heart center. It doesn't have to be any actual experience of having your mind in your heart center. It could be just the words, I am thinking in my heart center. And that's sufficient. And while observing five cycles of breath, know what you're going to meditate on and be determined about it. feel that you have covered every corner, at least conceptually. Be aware of the sounds that are in here, the sights that are in here, the smells that are in here, whatever your senses pick up from here. It is also a direct perception of what is not present. So you could say your house, you say the traffic, think of anything that is not present and focus on directly how what is present here is directly telling you the absence of whatever you may be focusing on. Traffic, your home, someone. So if you find yourself looking at that which is absent, that is, your mind is not focusing on the traffic, 
You're not looking at the absence. have the expectation of finding traffic here and that the direct perception show you the absence
intellectual quality and fineness of experiencing and be determined to remain in that tranquil state. And while in that state, again embrace all beings. Look at their conditions. That compassion and love swell in your heart for them. And strongly wish that they be free of whatever problems they are experiencing. Strongly wish that they find true happiness. Let your wishing be so strong it's as if you are willing it to happen. If you are feeling something physical, that was good. <laughs> While you are doing meditation, that was good. Okay. Don't take it a distraction. It could become a distraction, but don't take something you have to consciously push away. It was good. All right.